Dark Roast Duncan. My earliest memory was an act of protest. When I was younger, I didn't like how humans openly accepted that as we get older, our past becomes fuzzier and fuzzier. To me, it felt superficial to exist in the present and know that it would soon be our forgettable past. Like, what's the point? Of course, as a seven-year-old, I didn't have the words to describe exactly why it bothered me that our memory as humans was so fickle. But looking back, I knew what I didn't want to forget. I knew that I didn't want to forget my first crush's name. I knew that I didn't want to forget which track my dad played more than others on the Beatles CD. I knew I didn't want to forget my favorite animal of all time. And finally, I knew that I didn't want to forget what it was like to be seven years old during a fall afternoon in mid-September. So, in an act of protest, a seven-year-old Natasha tried to remember something, anything, with a promise to herself that she'd never forget it, no matter how old and how busy her life got when she was a gross teenager. (laughs) To pursue this challenge, I picked an event that was horribly simple. You see, I figured that I would probably unintentionally remember things like my first crush, Jeff, most loved song, eight days a week, and my favorite animal, Tasmanian devils. I wanted to remember something subtle, something I'd be happy to have just because I would have forgotten it otherwise. I landed on picture day. I remember dressing up in a black and white frock and walking into the church basement for my portrait. My mom was on my left. I was looking down, staring at my eyes and and trying to be present. In my head, I remember telling myself, and this is obviously paraphrased, remember this moment because it will probably be the youngest version of yourself you'll remember when you're old. I smiled for the photo, crossed my right hand over my left, and walked out of the church. That and how uncomfortable my ballet flats were um, was the last detail I have from that little memory. Today, I'm less than two months from being 24 years old. We're in the midst of a year the world says will never be forgotten. And I can't stop thinking about this silly little picture day. I'm thinking a lot about how younger me would have been ecstatic. I would have tested out how unforgettable the year truly is, spinning around and indulging in as many silly details as my mind could let me. I'd probably laugh in adults' faces and tell them that this is what it's like to be present and be in a present that is irreversibly documented. Older me (laughs) has learned how to journal, so remembering doesn't have to be as intentional as crossing one hand over the other and dramatically etching it into my mind. Older me knows that remembering isn't as simple as a walk on picture day with my mom on the left. Remembering isn't just for fun, it's powerful. It comes with responsibility. And in 2020, it comes with a layer of sadness, tragedy, and this crazy nostalgia around lasts. 
last vacation I had, last hug I had, last big party I attended. And just like that, my little act of protest, remembering a simple day that means nothing to no one except for me, feels even more special. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the first episode of Too Wordy in audio. I am honestly trying it out with very minimal editing slash production, but I thought it would be maybe a fun way for people to tune in in their mornings. Um, and just for some housekeeping, um, I'll run you through the, the chunk that is usually <laughs> smacked in the middle of my newsletter, which is what I've been working on this week. Or last week, sorry. Um, Last week, I wrote a story about how fundraising has changed to be a little bit more, a lot more informal, and how kind of we're seeing this new generation of founders and VCs that are taking these cues and getting deals and getting their first checks in a really unique way. And so that story ended up being a piece about how memes and meme culture plays a role in fundraising these days and how founders are thinking about it. And I think it would be really great for you to check out. Um, My big learning lesson from that piece was that, you know, the coronavirus has obviously made Zoom deals a reality, but it's also accelerated some pre-existing ones that we probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, And I put memes in that bucket. Sure. In the before times, memes and, you know, overnight product drops still got a lot of attention But in a world where, you know, there's no physical demo days and our public square, as an investor recently told me, is Twitter, um, I think it's interesting to see how memes have kind of been accelerated as a tool that founders can use to get attention and get affirmation and eventually checks. Last thing I'll say is I also wrote a story a couple weeks back about how Stanford students created a mini investment club to invest in their peers A lot of people responded to that piece, which I appreciate, and I asked one of the organizers how they could help other schools copycat that investment club idea, and um, one of the organizers, Steph, told me that anyone interested in doing the same at their school, aka creating an investment club, should reach out to 2020ICGSB at gmail.com for help, and they will um, ideally be able to help you launch your own. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for this. Tell me what you think. Tell me if it's a waste of time. Tell me if it's cool. Okay. My lunch break is almost over, so I'm going to stop recording now. Thanks everyone.